Let's take a little time and talk now about the state that we are living in. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Favor. It's Pastor Jonathan Mason. Welcome back to the pastor's office. Do you hear the excitement in my voice? Do you hear the energy in my voice? Most of the times when I come to you, it's because, uh, and I'm excited, it's because we've had an awesome service. Now, we did have an awesome service today. We had a great service today. The Spirit was released in the place, uh, and people were blessed. Souls were one. That's a blessing. That is awesome. But 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 I, I got to be honest with you. I'm excited about something else today. I'm excited because we are finally experiencing spring. Spring is my favorite season of the year. Uh, uh, it's my dog's favorite season. It's my son's favorite season. We, we all love the spring. Uh, it's that period of time when there's still a little chill in the air, but it hadn't gotten too hot where we want to stay inside under the air conditioning uh, all day and all night long. I'm looking forward to fishing. The boats are going out again. I can't wait to go fishing. I can't wait to do some of the service programs we do uh, in the community, uh, our feeding program. Uh, we're going to be starting a community fridge, some of the other things that we're going to be doing uh, over this period of time. It's a great time to start new initiatives. So, yes, I'm excited. Yes, I'm fired up uh, and ready uh, as we move into the spring and summer months of the year. But I do want to welcome you back into the pastor's office. Uh, you know, here we uh, attempt to give you great information uh, about some of the wonderful things that are going on uh, in the city of Philadelphia. And we have two great guests today. Let me go ahead and stop talking, get off my excitement bandwagon about the weather, because I'm actually excited about a program we want to share with you today. We're going to be talking to a representative from JEVS Human Services. Uh, it's their Senior Vice President of Communication and Public Affairs, uh, Miss Kristen Rantana. But before I bring her in, let me tell you what they're doing. They're celebrating 10 years of a prison diversion program. It's called The Choice is Yours. Let me say that again. They are celebrating the 10-year anniversary of their prison diversion program called The Choice is Yours. Uh, this program, and she'll tell you more about it, but it's for nonviolent offenders. Some of you out there know what it's like to have a record follow you all the days of your life. Some of you know what it's like to have that mark on your record for something that you did when you were young, may not have been thinking clearly. Let's be, let's be honest. You may have just made a mistake. 
Well, the God I believe in provides us with second chances. And if we're really being honest with each other, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you and, and to you, some of us ought to be shouting right now because we're not only living on a second chance, but we're living on third, fourth, fifth, sixth. You're living on so many chances you can't even count anymore. Well, this program gives nonviolent offenders a second chance. All right, I've said enough. Let me bring in the senior vice president of JEVS, their communications and public relations expert, public affairs expert, Miss Kristen Rantanen. Welcome into the pastor's office. Thank you so much, Reverend Mason. It's delightful to be here with you today. Well, we are excited to have you with us. Why don't you do me a favor? Tell us a little bit, first and foremost, about JEVS. Sure. So JEVS Human Services is a, is a regional human service organization. Um, most of our work focuses in the five-county area, and our mission is really about helping people overcome quality of life challenges. And that means a lot of different things. It could be young people who are looking to, you know, get back on a path, finish a high school diploma, build some, um, some job skills. Could be a job seeker who's looking for a career change opportunity, wants to reskill for a new field. Um, could be um, an individual struggling with addiction or an adult living with a developmental disability. Um, we have community homes that support people to live independently in the community. So we do a whole bunch of wonderful, um, important things in the region. And so when I was uh, reading up on Jeff's, I noticed that you have this prison diversion program. That's why I wanted to bring you on. Uh, tell us a little bit about The Choice is Yours. Well, The Choice is Yours is a, is a very special program. As you mentioned in the intro, we're celebrating our 10th year of operations in the city of Philadelphia. TCY is a partnership between the district attorney's office, the municipal court, and the Defender Association of Philadelphia to help individuals who are arrested and charged with possession for, with intent to distribute uh, a felony uh, drug selling charge to make better choices in their lives. It's a 13-month program, an alternative to um, taking your case to trial and the possibility of, of ending up with a felony conviction. During the program, during the 13 months, um, you have an opportunity to um, uh, make a plan for yourself to complete school, pursue job opportunities, training, and um, also opportunities to contribute to the community in a more positive way. Now, the one thing that I saw that I, that I really liked when I was looking at the program, and you kind of mentioned it, but I want to peel back the onion a little more on this, before they get moving in the program, they sit down with one of your team members and they develop a full plan. Tell us a little bit about the plan of action that they have to develop, because I'm a firm believer if you don't have a plan, you don't know where you're going. That's right, absolutely. So one of the things um, that I think is particularly special about the design of the program is that there's a one-month orientation and then a one-year program. So 
we really want to make sure during that one-month orientation that TCY is right for the participant and the participant's right for TCY. So our, uh, our team spends a month really talking and working with the individual in the program about their goals, about what obstacles they have, um, challenges they need to overcome, and, and how they um, use the next year of their uh, time in the program. During that one-month orientation, they also have an opportunity, a requirement actually, to complete 30 hours of community service. That really shows us that they're interested in, in working the program fully and that they understand or they're beginning to understand that there are consequences for the, the decision that they made that um, landed them in the program in the first place. Yeah, and, and, and that's important because you you got to understand, uh, as, as we say in the church, the error of your ways, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's very critical. So now once they're done with that one-month orientation period where they see if, where you see if they're right for you and you're right for them, then kind of walk us through what the next steps are of the program. So that at that point, they can be formal. They're recommended for the program, and they're formally enrolled in the program, um, which is about a year in duration. During that year, they have to complete the balance of 220 hours of community service, so gives them about 190 hours left to do. And they have to be doing one of a couple things. They either have to be working or finishing a, 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 a high school credential or in uh, college or skills training. So they have to be working on their goals actively. Um, Plus they have regular check-ins with the TCY judge and regular check-ins with our team to make sure that they're hitting those goals and that there aren't any other barriers that that we can provide some supports around to help them them manage. If they're new to the workforce at that point, They'll have an opportunity to take advantage of job readiness training, um, programs to help them complete their high school diploma, or if they're ready to start working right away, um, they'll receive job placement support. Now, now, are these individuals referred to you by the district attorney's office, or does a family reach out to you? Talk to us about how they're engaged. So all of the referral decisions are made by the district attorney's office um, in consultation often with the Defenders Association. Many of the participants in this program are represented by the Defenders Association. So I know that there's a lot of um, discussion and collaboration between the DA's office and the Defenders about who's an appropriate, um, a, a good referral for the program. So those decisions are made before Jeb gets involved. Understood. And so when you go before the judge, then you've collaborated with defense uh, and you've walked in with a plan of action to basically give this person a second chance. That's right. That's right. The great news about this program is once they enroll, their their charges are basically are held. Um, and so they, they spend the next 13 months working on their plan If they complete the program successfully at graduation, their charges are dropped. And if they stay out of trouble for another year post-graduation, they have the opportunity to have their record completely expunged. 
So, so we're really talking about a true second chance. Uh, in the 10 years that the program has been in operation, uh, do you have any type of data as to how many offenders have been assisted? Oh, gosh. It's, it, we're probably upwards of 500 at this point. Wow. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's fantastic. We have um, a graduation rate of about 85%, and that's held firm for, for the 10 years of the program. And another important statistic that we like to use is recidivism post-graduation mm-hmm. because, you know, a second chance is only as good as it, you know, it's only as good as you make it if you um, find yourself back in the same circumstances making the same bad decisions and, you know, not that, not that good. So our recidivism rate one year post-graduation hovers around 12%. Twelve percent, significantly better. Yeah, wow. yeah. Wow, and and when you look at those that have gone to prison and returned back into society, when you compare the recidivism rate to your program to to those individuals, uh, I believe that I believe recidivism rate for for those individuals is upwards of twenty five thirty percent. You are absolutely correct, Reverend. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're talking about a real second chance here. Now, now, if you don't have one, that's fine. But I always, when I talk about programs like this, when I, when we give our listeners information about programs like this, I always like to share one or two success stories, one or two stories that have stuck with you uh, as you've done this work. Is there is there any one that you you can share with our listeners? No names necessary. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need I need to tell you that my two and a half year old just woke up from his nap. So, <laughs> now, now, <laughs> so is that a is that a boy or a girl? It's a little boy. Okay. Little boy. Okay. Um, Mateo is his name, and I think he might have gotten up on the wrong side of the crib. So, so, um, so Mateo has made his first appearance on Philadelphia radio, and there's nothing wrong with that. We like the kids. As a matter of fact, my dad, who used to pastor the church I pastor, he says if a preacher cannot preach over a crying child, they ought not be a preacher. So we're okay. Let's keep moving. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for bearing with me. No um, hey, it's, you know, it's life in 2022. What That's should right. I tell you? That's right. Um, so, uh, you know, you asked about the success stories of the, of the program, and there's so many that come to mind. I'm thinking particularly about a young man who I had the privilege of getting to know a few years ago. Um, standout basketball player, um, successful college career, little time post-college playing ball in Europe. And um, came home and didn't really have a plan for himself. Made some bad choices, quite frankly. Um, Made some choices that could have really derailed him for a very long time. I should say that the charges that bring people into TCY are felony charges, which, you know, really can change your path. They can get in the way of choices you might make around education or housing, work, um, all kinds of things. So this particular um, uh, participant in the program, you know, really aspired to get his life back on track, um, certainly wanted to undo the mistake that he had made, and really wanted to devote himself to serving his community and making sure that he was able to continue to mentor young people and teach them, actually teach them basketball. Um, so he, he just was an extraordinary participant in the program did everything he needed to do, graduated on time, completed his community service, 
and um, we're, we're, we stay in touch, and, and it's, it's really wonderful to see he's launched a basketball program in the city of Philadelphia, and he's mentoring hundreds of kids um, of all ages a year. And I think it's probably safe to say that um, had he not uh, taken advantage of the choice of yours and been able to undo that mistake, that his life would look very different right now. And he, he certainly wouldn't be in the position he's in now working with um, other young people to help them avoid the mistake that he made. And, and, and a lot of your success stories, a lot of those individuals that have been helped by the program, I think I read that a lot of them come back to serve as mentors of the program. They do. That's another wonderful thing about TCY and about the, I think it's about the duration of the program and the relationships that participants build while they're in the program. 13 months is a long time to get to know someone and people do stay connected to our staff. And more importantly, they, they realize at the end of their journey, uh, the opportunity that they've gotten and they want to you want to reach back and, and help other people um, that are uh, just starting that journey. Absolutely. Well, I want to say congratulations to you. Uh, congratulations to Jeb's Human Resources uh, on the 10-year anniversary of The Choice is Yours. This prison diversion program has helped over 500 people, and that's something we ought to be celebrating because everybody deserves a second chance. Uh, Miss Kristen Rantan, and Senior Vice President, but more importantly, right now, now, Mom, we're going to let you go because Mateo needs you. Thank you, Reverend. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye now. Philly's favorite listeners, don't you dare leave your radio dial or leave the app. We'll be right back after these commercial messages. Philly's favorite listeners, welcome back to the pastor's office. And we want to again thank Miss Kristen Rantanen of Jeb's uh, for coming in today and talking to us about their prison diversion program. Again, happy 10th anniversary to them as they celebrate over 500 people that they've helped to get their records expunged. So that they're walking around now without a prison record, without any type of felony conviction. That's a blessing. Listen, all right, I got to be honest. The young people of today, they're of a different ilk than my generation, than your generation, than the generation before. Why do I say that? When I was, when I was growing up, I could not wait for recess to go play handball. Basketball, baseball, soccer. I, I couldn't wait for summer break because summer break, we would go get a broomstick and a racquetball and build a, a baseball diamond in the street and play stickball all day long. When I was in school, I had a sport, I played a sport every season. Started with football, went to wrestling, then went to track. What am I saying? Seems like the younger people of my generation and before, we were active. I may not look like it now. I ain't going to lie. I don't look like it now. A lot of what was up top is falling to the bottom. <laughs> but we were active. And a lot of our young people are sedentary now. They're sedentary. These iPads... 
These iPhones, they have taken over our lives. Young people would rather FaceTime than play football. So that's why I get excited when I see articles and stories about individuals that are helping our young people to stay active. Helping our young people to get out and realize they have things called muscles that they can run, that they can catch, that they can kick. That being said, I want to welcome into, let me get off my soapbox. I want to welcome into the pastor's office our next guest. His name is Sherman Washington, and he runs the Athletic Club of Fairhill. Now watch this. This is a youth soccer academy based in North Philadelphia. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to let him talk to you about the rest. Mr. Washington, come on into the pastor's office. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Listen, we're excited to have you because you're doing something that I, I talk about it all the time. We got to keep our young people moving. But but before we get to that, just tell our audience, our Philly's favorite audience, a little bit about you, Sherman Washington. Uh, yeah, no, thank you. Um, so I'm Sherman Washington, as uh, the pastor mentioned, born and raised in uh, Philadelphia, attended uh, high school at St. Joseph's Prep, attended college at St. Joseph's University. Uh, there is where I met my business partners, where we actually formed what you mentioned today, which is AC Fairhill, the Athletic Club of Fairhill. So our mission, as you mentioned, we're a community-based youth academy. Uh, we focus not only on athletics, but cognitive development and also community service, cultural enrichment uh, and education. So, so tell us a little bit about how this became an interest of yours. I myself, like many of those my age, did not grow up playing soccer. You know, our big sports are kind of like you mentioned earlier, basketball, baseball, football. It wasn't until college where I met my business partner who actually found out about the sport late as well. You know, he didn't develop a love for the sport until senior year of high school, which is very late. I uh, was able to walk on at St. Joseph's University. And from there, we just started to build a conversation around how soccer has a different outlook, how it can build and lead to different opportunities. And uh, we wanted to start something where we can um, take a look at our neighborhood, see what the need is uh, as far as the athletics piece, and then how can we build that bridge to use our sport, which is soccer, as a vessel to get kids into better academic situations. And again, that's what I really liked about your program. It's a bridge, too. It's not just an on-ramp to, uh, I want to be a college jock, because let's face it, uh, a lot of the guys and gals that get into some of the high school sports, their thought is, I'm going on scholarship, I'm going to go pro, and we know that a very small percentage does that. But this is a bridge to a better education, to a better person. Tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So, like, some of our program benefits, really, um, most of which lie on, like, the academic resources and partnerships that we've built. Um, so, in addition to providing, like, year-round programming through our academy, uh, we've been able to team up with the likes of, like, the Philadelphia Union and its Swag Foundation, like you said, to build a bridge for specifically North Philadelphia youth to matriculate into private schools, whether it be great schools like Hope uh, Partnership, Jesus School, high schools such as St. Joseph's Prep, Roman Catholic, and uh, YSC Academy in uh, Wayne. Uh, so really, like, the, the focus is just to uh, build a funnel system where, you know, we can use kids um, as their athletic piece and figure out how we can better provide more opportunity to them uh, as they matriculate into high school. Now, how long have you been in operation? 
Uh, since 2015, so okay. seven years. All right, so you're celebrating seven years. So, so in these seven years, now, uh, I, I know there's a difference in our ages, I'm sure, but uh, you heard my diatribe when I when I opened up. Did you find resistance from the young people uh, to to get into soccer? Uh, did you find that you know they'd rather be on their iPads or their iPhones, or was it actually easy to get them involved? It, it, it wasn't resistance in that regard at all, actually. What it is is um, soccer for us, The most most of our resistance comes down to two pieces. It's like the education piece around the game of soccer, you know, because a lot of people in our community don't necessarily play soccer. We don't see soccer on TV. We don't necessarily watch it. You've got to ch- challenge how many times we've gone to a soccer game. So that's like the more of the resistance piece, not really understanding the sport. And then actually uh, from a financial aspect, you know, here in the States, unfortunately, soccer is like a pay-for-play type of sport. So our demographic that we deal with in 19133, uh, we're actually coming from an area that has the lowest median household income in the city of Philadelphia of less than 17000 So you mirror those two things, like not having the education around the sport and the economics to not be able to travel to games, tournaments, things like that is what leads to most of the, I wouldn't say resistance, but most of the, um, like the struggles. But as far as kids wanting to be involved and being active, no, I think it's just they just don't have the opportunities. You know, mm. with the lack of rec centers that are open, the lack of open play spaces that are there, it's just one thing that they kind of don't see all the time. And that's why for us, more recently, we've been having to try to partner with the city of Philadelphia, been working with city officials to revitalize uh, a couple of different play spaces. So one is a 100,000-square-foot play space uh, called Federal Square. It's located at 12th and Cumberland. Uh, another is Hartrans Recreation Center, located at 7th and Cumberland. And actually, the uh, Fairhill School, which is located at 6th and Somerset. So these are, like, big spaces within our community that we would like to reactivate, right? And we would just, the goal is just to bring back healthy family activity and entrepreneurial education opportunities to families in 19133. And you you talk about that education piece regarding soccer and a lot of our young people not really understanding it. And and what's always been uh, amazing to me when you talk soccer, internationally, soccer is more popular than football. Uh, it's it's bigger than, than than any sport that we have here in the United States. But like you say, we're not exposed to it. It reminds me of my career in wrestling. Like, you know, wrestling wasn't just go out on the field and play. You had to pay to go to tournaments. You had to pay for hotels. You had to pay for meals. You know, the school wasn't doing all of that. So that leads me to my question of how do you open up the door for young people who don't have the finances or that financial foundation in their families to be able to afford soccer. Yeah, for us, that's that's a problem that we'll take on all day, every day. For us, we just want kids to be active. So you are correct. Like soccer here, if you look statistically, households are spending about maybe 1500 to $2,000 per child on the actual sport. And that does not include like travel or fees for like additional tournaments or uniforms. More Elite clubs may spend upwards to $10,000 a year on these things. So for us, we pride ourselves on being able to partner with organizations to cover those costs. Families in our program don't pay more than $75 for the year. So, and with that, you know, we kind of take everything. You know, that's their registration. That's their their tournaments. That's their kits for their equipment and things of that nature. And the $75 is really just to have that exchange of commitment, right? You know, so families, you commit $75 for that year. And your child will be in, um, you know, I could be biased, but I'll say one of the best programs in the city of Philadelphia. 
$75 is amazing uh, to be able to have that type of access. And and now let me ask, do, do the kids, they, I know they learn soccer, but do they actually engage in tournaments, in actual competition? Because you and I both know that that, that spirit of competition helps build a lot of character. Absolutely. Yeah, so we uh, we practice Tuesdays and Thursdays at Sultan Cambria Recreation Center. Saturdays is when we have our games um, and activities, uh, most of which we have to travel pretty far, actually. So this year, we've traveled, you know, some games being an hour, hour and a half away. And that's, again, where our coaching staff, we actually pick some of these kids up and drive them to and from their games. Uh, so in short, like, we're here just to serve. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're here to introduce the kids to other opportunities. Um, we're like a second family to those kids. So the kids actually do engage in high-level tournaments. But more importantly for us, uh, you kind of mentioned it earlier, uh, we would love to have someone come from our program to be the next big soccer star. That that would be great. But really for us, it's about, you know, not only them learning the game of soccer, but learning uh, how to use the game of soccer to funnel other, other things that they want to do in life, that's whether right. that's education, whether that's, you know, service-wise. You know, a big thing for us is community service. Like we have to teach the kids how to give back to our own communities that, like, we actually reside in. What type of community service activities do you engage in with them? Um, so we have two main events every year that we have. So it may be something along like the uh, back-to-school drive, right? So um, we actually post up at the uh, Recreation Center or at Fodderall Square, give out book bags, uh, school supplies, things like that. In the wintertime, uh, we actually just, just had an event uh, where we actually give out coats, feed actually those that are in the community. I think we gave out maybe over 200 uh, coats to families, hats, gloves, things like that. Those are two big events. And then sprinkled in between are like, of course, park cleanups for us to clean up the street, clean up the play spaces that we are at to make sure that, you know, kids understand that we come here two days a week, sometimes three days a week, but we're also responsible for this space too. So while you did not leave that trash there, we need to understand that if we want to come to a space that's clean, uh, that we can play, Unfortunately, we have to pick these things up. So it's like participating with different organizations to host uh, community drives and stuff like that. You're listening to Philly's favorite 100.7 FM and 99.5 HD3. We are talking to Mr. Sherman Washington, who is changing the game for our young people, introducing them to soccer, but also creating a bridge uh, to a great education. He's over at the Athletic Club of Fairhill. Uh, this has been an inspiring conversation, but there's two points that I want to bring out before we depart. Uh, one, because you only charge $75 a year uh, for a child, partnership is essential uh, to the success of your program. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about how they can donate, how they can partner with you to help sponsor some of the children in your program? Sure, yeah. I mean, we would love that. It's a lot of ways for uh, people to get involved. Of course, donating or sponsorship is one of those vehicles. Um, the easiest way is to visit our website, acfairhill.com. Um, you can actually click on the donate tab and you can give uh, as little or as much as you would like. Um, that goes a long way. We could actually use those funds to send kids to summer enrichment camps, such as ones that we're actually doing now at St. Joseph's Prep for their summer program. We can use those funds to actually sponsor kids for the year to cover their uh, registration fees. Those are all great things. Um, but as you can imagine, what means the most and has the most impact is things that necessarily aren't just financial, right? So serving as a coach or a trainer or a mentor, some sort of adult 
involvement, something consistent where kids can actually see you, talk to you. Uh, we're always looking for those uh, types of mentors. Anyone that has any type of background education, if you can provide any tutoring services, SAT prep, resume writing, things of that nature. And then uh, lastly, if you can just volunteer your time, you know, to our annual uh, community day event. We have an annual skills camp that uh, we will be hosting this summer. Typically uh, houses anywhere between 200 and 300 kids between the ages of, you know, four and 16. So any, any additional hands would be great. Uh, but those are the, the big ways uh, that people can actually get involved and donate either funds or their time. And one thing that I always share uh, with my congregation, uh, one thing I always share with our nonprofit that we run, don't say you're going to work with kids and then become inconsistent. Absolutely. They see so much inconsistency in their lives already. So so if you think you're going to be inconsistent, give somebody to help the program. But I think you'll agree with me, Sherman. These kids need a consistent presence in their lives. Absolutely. Yeah, no, consistency is key. We serve kids, like, like I mentioned in our program right now, between the ages of 4 and 14. We've probably served, since our inception, over 400, 500 kids. Uh, we currently have about 35 kids in our academy now that are active. And like you said, like consistency is key. You know, the worst thing you could do is get a kid excited to meet someone new. They open up, they become vulnerable, and then all of a sudden they don't show up or they don't follow through with the things that they said they were going to do. So that is something that, you know, we pride ourselves on not doing. We have not had that experience at all. We've had great coaches, uh, great mentors, great people that volunteer their time that are active in these kids' lives day in and day out, outside of soccer. You know what I mean? Just checking up on how they are doing. These kids deal with a lot. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of trauma that, that goes on in one nine one three three. So they really don't know how to be kids at times, right? It's a lot of intense trauma. Uh, they just need someone to actually lean on, have a conversation with um, outside of the sport of soccer. So if you are able to donate your time, energy, effort, uh, we do ask that you are consistent, um, you know, because that, that just means the world to the kids. Seven years, you've seen a lot of kids come through. I think you said you've served almost 400 or over 400 uh, young people since uh, you've been in existence. Man, you got to have a catalog full of success stories that, 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 just, that just fulfill you. Just, just share maybe one with us uh, before we go. Yeah, I mean, um, I can share, I guess, uh, one from the past and then one more recent. Sure. Um, one from the past is we've actually been able to, through our programming, um, been able to send kids to soccer camps at St. Joseph's Prep, St. Joseph's University, and also been able to send three kids uh, to the Limerick Cup in Ireland so that they can experience soccer on a global level. That wow. was like a big achievement um, for us to be able to send kids and actually experience something on a, on a global level. It's bigger than just, you know, North Philadelphia, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, <laughs> you know, like the states are actually expanding uh, what that looks like. Uh, more recently, um, we now have three kids uh, that are actually matriculating into high school. So we're able to, um, you know, get two kids into Roman Catholic and one kid uh, into St. Joseph's Prep. So, you know, those are success stories because those are opportunities that I think uh, parents should uh, pat themselves on the back. Kids should pat themselves on the back for being consistent in our programming. We pride ourselves on consistency, like you mentioned. Kids and households are consistent as far as them showing up for practice and games. We have a pretty good success rate. Uh, I don't want to say guarantee, but I'll, I'll say guarantee that we can get you into a better academic situation um, that can change your life. Absolutely outstanding. I am so glad 
we've had the opportunity to have this conversation today uh, and share with our Phillies Favor audience information about your wonderful program. Man, congratulations on this game-changing program. Soccer as a bridge to a better life, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, And before you go, just one more time, tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you. Absolutely. Uh, You can visit acfairhill.com. From there, you'll actually see tabs if you are looking to donate, if you're looking to get involved. Uh, You'll be able to access our email from there. So that's the easiest site for you guys to go to, acfairhill.com. Mr. Sherman Washington, keep up the great work. Thank you for what you're doing to create a seat at the table of success for our young people. And if we can ever be of assistance to you, don't hesitate to give us a call. God bless you, my friend. Thank you so much, Pastor Mason. I appreciate you guys uh, extending this offer to us and giving us the opportunity to share more about our program. Absolutely. I live in him. Political, spiritual, maybe some life. While you are listening to Phyllis Faber. Yeah.